0: we have our champions spain has beaten england 1-0 at the world cup final in sydney at stadium australia i'm talking kind of quietly now because it's midnight in new zealand and my girlfriend's asleep and i don't want to wake her up but uh, you know what wasn't quiet is the moment when after 13 13 agonizing minutes of injury time the referee blew the final whistle this is what it sounded like
1: england wants a corner it's given chloe kelly's gonna take it spain wonder why we're still playing England have a corner. In goes the England corner kick. Katakoi claims it brilliantly. A fantastic take by the young goalkeeper. And Spain are the champions of the world.
0: That audio, courtesy of Sky TV. Uh, A massive congratulations to Spain. It was a really tense, high-quality final, a magnificent way to cap off a stupendous tournament. And we're going to be talking all about it once I catch my breath. So, without further ado, let's get into the show.
2: That's right, Kelda, this is Newsable. I'm Jess.
0: And I'm Emil. And this is what's worth talking about Spain are the World Cup champions. Skies, Christina Eddy is here with her analysis right on the final whistle.
2: We take a look at Labour's latest election promise, making it compulsory for schools to teach financial literacy and budgeting skills.
0: Also, big brother in the bush, how AI is being trained to protect our native birds.
2: And Kiwi politicians have discovered TikTok, and the content could get weird.
0: We've got all that coming up in a moment here on Newsable.
3: Newsable takes time and resources to produce. Please support our mahi and visit stuff.co.nz
1: support.
0: For the first time in their history, Spain are the football women's World Cup champions after an enthralling 1-0 victory over England and Sydney overnight. It was a really high-quality end-to-end match, Spain kind of dominated proceedings but England stuck in there they had their chances and they took it right to the final whistle but it was not to be for the Lionesses on the night Spain Campeonas del Mundo our tireless correspondent who laughs in the face of sleep is Sky's Christina Eddy and she joins us now from the fan zone in Auckland Christina what is it like on the ground?
3: Oh I tell you what it's an incredible place to be and um, yeah, it's a special occasion and it's just kept what with an incredible tournament and why like you said um Broke, you know, beat so many of our expectations. We always hoped it would be this fantastic. Um but for it to end in a in a fitting final, and one that was a gutsy, gritty final, and England had to step up the way that they did, but it still wasn't enough to hold off the Spaniards who have had an incredible tournament um was incredibly fitting for Wise Being a really special occasion.
0: Let's talk really quickly about the game. It was a real clash of styles this one, wasn't it? Like Spain made all the running, uh, they dominated the midfield. But England, you know, they had their chances, they hit the bar. Uh, they were in it right until that very last minute. Fantastic game throughout, I thought.
3: It was. And, I mean, we always expected Spain to come out and attack and attack and attack and not stop attacking. And that's exactly what they did. I mean, I actually thought even starting Selma Parallel was a risk um, because, you know, she was their sort of their high-energy fire off the bench. And I thought, you know, she she plays that role for a reason. <laughs> Um, but she, she you knows she played a really great performance. She obviously did take tail off a little bit at the end after she got a, y- a yellow card and was told to pull it in. But, I mean, regardless, like Spain did exactly what we expected of them. I thought that, you know, England didn't show at times sort of that they did not need to reset, um, to have a bit of a moment and Spain took advantage of that. Um, but th- that's not to say there were not, you know, massive moments from England and they were pretty unlucky at times not to get that ball in the net. There's an incredible save to spanish um, goalkeeper.
0: This, of course, brings the curtain down on this World Cup, and i got to say, I didn't really know what to expect at the outset, but the quality of football, the drama and the upsets and the upending of the women's football order and sensibilities, it's been unbelievable, isn't
4: it?
3: It has been. I mean, we always said, you know, New Zealand doesn't quite know what's going to hit it. And I guess that kind of happened, you know, in Australia too. You know, they sold out so many stadiums over there. 75,000 people were at most of those matches, just like we had over 40,000 at most of ours. Um, so it was incredible. Blue numbers, you know, I think these are some of the best numbers we've seen on the Sky Sport for decades. And it was the same across the ditch. And... It just goes to show that these are massive events and people people listen to FIFA, you know, people put a stand in the ground and said we're going to extend to it to one but the to its holy. We're going to pay these players a lot of money. We're going to treat the more equal than we have prior. We're going to show that the game's worth investing in. And people have listened and gone, yep, and the quality has been fantastic as well, which always helps.
0: Indeed. And Lee's hope it shakes it up here as well. New Zealand football balls in your court now. Uh, Christina Eddy, I just want to say, uh, finally, you've been a total star and an absolute delight to cheer to throughout this tournament. I'm really stoked that we got to share this experience with you. So thank you so much for everything and uh, really looking forward to chatting again sometime
3: soon. Oh, 100%. As am I. You guys have been fantastic, real champions of the event and I hope you've enjoyed it as much as we have because it's been something special to put this event on and thanks again.
2: had shane jones singing karaoke on my tiktok yesterday which is not a sentence i ever expected to say we'll have a clip actually of that for you later on but first we need to know which politician do you think has the best voice and what do you want to hear them sing because you know it's election year people and they just might do it you can find us on tiktok or insta search for newsable and if you want to go old school you can send us an email newsable at stuff.co.nz
0: We have reached that stage of the electoral cycle where politics simply does not stop, not even for a weekend. It is in perpetual motion. So there must have been some policy promises from the political parties over the weekend, Jess.
2: Oh, yes, indeed. Labour's big election promise from yesterday was to bring financial literacy into schools. Labour leader Chris Hipkins says the aim is to sort out low levels of money and budgeting skills among school leavers.
1: Over the last six years in government, we've been really focused on making sure that the curriculum that our kids learn in school is setting them up for a really prosperous life beyond school and today I'm announcing the next step in that work which is to make sure that financial skills become a core part of the New Zealand curriculum. We need to make sure they understand the basics of budgeting, they need to understand basic financial concepts, they need to understand how to be good with money, they need to understand things like interest rates, KiwiSaver, insurance, debt, borrowing, um, we want to make sure they're learning those core skills while they are at school.
0: And ACT wants ministry heads to be given performance benchmarks that would be made public. This, of course, is all part of its plans to slash public service spending. So to bring us up to date on all this, we're joined now by Stuff political reporter Thomas Match. Kia ora. Kia ora. Why is Labour floating this idea now, do you think, considering schools have been talking about, you know, all of the stuff that they've got on their plate?
1: I think it's just good retail politics, you know. So, I mean, this is a policy that will resonate with all sorts of um, families across the country who have children at schools, who like the idea of their children... Being better upskilled in financial literacy, it's something that Hipkins has referred to as our country being a little bit behind on um, compared to other countries who do this type of thing. It's a time cost for teachers, but it's not necessarily a big cost for the government.
2: And political leaders, Thomas, were at the Korunehana yesterday. That's the anniversary of the coronation of the Moldy king. Now, Chris Hipkins said that there was worry there about Moldi being used as a political football.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a huge event in the political calendar every year, really an opportunity for Labour in particular and Te Pāti Māori to talk to um, a portion of the electorate they really value. So you've seen Labour this weekend release its its sort of Māori caucus campaign, you know, its Māori MPs campaign and such. And so I think that's, that's really what that message is about. He's trying to differentiate particularly Labour from the National Party, basically calling both National and Acts policies on co-governance, on abolishing the, the Māori health authority as race-based as race politics you know that's a kind of politics that act in particular have been pursuing labor in, in the house of late you know trying to draw out examples where a recent one was in small financial incentives provided to pregnant maori women to participate in helpful health courses these things play well to their voting base they play well over facebook you know it's it's something that really um, gets a crowd going was there any response from National or ACT? Uh, the response will be will be fairly predictable. I mean, I was in Karori at a town hall event that David Seymour held. He spoke of hating having to raise issues around treaty politics, but thinking it was important to do so. He he again took all of those messages to that crowd, and it was the first sort of part in his very long speech that he gave. He got a full round of applause from the audience. They won't resile from that, I don't think, what Labor's trying to do is almost turn up the dial a little bit on it um, and, and differentiate themselves, where, whereas maybe they've been a bit quieter before.
2: And ACT had that meeting in Karori and Wellington to unveil more of their plans to rein back the public service to us.
1: Yeah, so I mean, they've given sort of high-level indications of um, how much they want to cut the public service back, cut a billion dollars of spending in a day, abolish the Ministry of Pacific Peoples' as ACT's policies. Mm-hmm. It was about targets for agencies in order to measure their performance, pay performance for CEOs, uh, chief executives, bringing that back. Those two are actually also national party policies. So there's quite a lot of alignment there between the two of them. So it's it's part of that sort of war on bureaucracy, part of the libertarian small government ideals that they they hold.
0: And the merry-go-round continues. Thomas Manch, thank you very much for your time. Appreciate it. Coming up, we'll be speaking to the clever folks training artificial intelligence to detect friend from foe in our native bush. But if you're enjoying what you're hearing, chuck us a like and a follow on your favourite podcast platform. It really helps other people to find us. I think you're conflating a whole bunch of issues. You
3: don't want to be held to account well, no. on I, rising child no. abuse numbers. You can manipulate crime
1: statistics. I, I promised I wouldn't have a tattoo about gotcha journalism. Hang
3: into the national parties. attack line there, I think
2: it would be a resignation offence. If I didn't deliver tax reduction.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm not worried about
0: it at all. Nothing if in there. That sits with you perfectly fine. That's what
3: we're we're focused on. Whatever happens in politics, the weird, the wonderful, the important, the thought-provoking, we got you. Listen to Tova wherever you get your podcasts.
0: There's a fair bit of dystopian rhetoric around artificial intelligence, and understandably so. You know, we know it's listening to us on our phones and deciding what ads to send us, and Of course, it's coming for our jobs and may eventually replace us altogether. But there is some good news.
2: Thank God for that.
0: Yeah, yeah. AI is uh, coming to the fore and helping us to protect our native birds. Trials are underway on traps that only trigger when AI identifies the animal inside as a pest rather than a fluffy wee kiwi.
2: To talk us through how these clever traps are actually going to work is Helen Blackie, who's the lead project uh, manager for the environmental consultancy firm Bofomis. Go
4: Helen. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Good to be here.
2: Now, how on earth have we actually trained these traps to recognise friend from foe?
4: With a lot of years of field data and a lot of help from groups like Auckland Zoo and um, the taxonomy collection at Auckland Museum, the secret with AI is you've got to use really good data to be able to get really good accuracy with your AI. So we had to use, for example, I think 20,000 interactions of stoats to train the AI to be really highly accurate at detecting stoats. And then we did the same for species like rats and possums. And then your kia, your kaka, your kiwi beaks, your small fluffies, your, your creepy crawlies, any of those animals that might also go out Into a trap and actually the other thing is human hands small children Mm. human hands pet dogs the other things that we worry about when we use traps
0: the nightmarish situation here helen it would be you know these traps go out and all of a sudden it's like oh god there are a bunch of kiwi in there this is terrible
4: so we've we've actually trained it using for example hundreds of images of kiwi beaks so um Kiwi are actually a great example there because what happens, we we put out these resetting traps. So they're traps designed to kill multiple pests and to last for a long period of time. But what happens is we've got to put lures in there that last for a long period of time. Those lures attract little insects and kiwi love to stick their beaks in to get at the insects that are attracted to the lures. So an issue in the past has been that kiwi beaks may activate a trap and they may end up with, with really damaged beaks. So this trap, for example, is able to say, that's a kiwi beak. Definitely don't trigger on that. There's no risk to the kiwi from having the trap out in the environment. <laughs> and can you
2: can it tell you, I've got a possum in me, or I've got, yeah. Oh, wow, that's awesome.
4: Yeah, so I, I I sit in the comfort of my couch as I joke about this, because this has been revolutionary for me. Because working on pest species, a lot of them are active at night, and <laughs> it's not great. <laughs> being out in the middle of the night at 3 o'clock in the morning and, and watching to see what's going on. But this trap actually sends me a message to say that it's, it's detected an animal. It then sends me a message if it says that it's detected that it's a pest and that it's triggered on it. And once it's triggered, it sends me a picture of the animal that it's triggered on. A few minutes later, it sends me another picture to say that it's cleared the trap and it's ready and reset, waiting for the next
2: animal. So how far are we away from rolling these out more widely if it's in trial stage now?
4: So we're finishing our trials off at the moment, and the aim is to have these commercially available next year.
0: Helen Blackie, thanks so much for your time today. I really appreciate it.
4: Anytime. Thanks for having me. If you don't have time to read the in-depth stories, or you just prefer to listen instead, The Long Read From Stuff is the podcast for you.
2: I afforded myself a couple of minutes of TikTok time. Mm-hmm. And after all the different cat videos that came up, rather, Shane Jones appeared on my TikTok singing a certain journey song, yeah. which I'm going to play for you now.
4: Shane Jones, believe them, taking final to the ceiling, if they cave back in the Ewe. oh yeah.
0: Okay, so instant reactions to this?
2: I mean, surprise, firstly, but there's there's a bit of gumption as well for him giving it a go. I mean, he's leant on the auto-tune quite heavily, as you might be able to hear there. I think, But I, I can't say I didn't enjoy it. There was definitely a what
0: the moment, though. He has quite a sweet, looting voice, really, doesn't he? I was kind of surprised by that. You know?
2: I want to know how long this took him, because he's obviously rewritten the lyrics. Uh-huh. Someone's got a green screen and made his like face jump around different Northland uh-huh. scenes. And I can't help thinking, you know, like, good on him, because if they are going to try and reach this younger generation, if we are going to get this voter turnout up, we've got to go to where those voters are. Yeah. And those voters are on TikTok.
0: So Shane Jones's, um the political karaoke song is, is Don't Stop Believing by Jenny. We've established that yours would be Where Is the Love by the Black Eyed Peas. So yes. um, if ever you're considering a career in politics, you now have a template to springboard off. I'm going to ha- start having a think about how I can rearrange the lyrics of Angels by Robbie Williams um, to serve my... my <laughs> interest as well actually i have to say i'm all in favor of dismantling the conventional debate format and having a sort of american idol the voice style oh, karaoke off yes. in the lead up to the election this year
2: yes 100 back in yeah. there i mean not just singing if anyone's got like juggling talents or um, a dog that can do certain tricks chris hipkins with his schnauzer doing a tightrope I'd the that. Beehive's
0: got talent kind of thing yeah. Nice. I like that. Voter
2: engagement would go way up. I can, I, <laughs> that might just revive terrestrial television as well. I think we might be onto something here.
0: Saving the media industry, and it can all be traced <laughs> back to Shane Jones doing Journey on TikTok. Well, uh, let us know your um, picks for what politician you want to hear singing in the lead up to this year's election. Get in touch with us on TikTok or Insta. We're at NZ, or send us an email. But I think that is today's show on it.
2: I think so. That is newsable for today.
0: I'm Jessica McCarthy, and I'm Emil Donovan. Thank you very much for listening. We'll be back again tomorrow, and we've actually got a special episode out today as well—a retrospective look at the Women's World Cup. Uh, till then,
2: have a good one. Kake te a
1: This pod took time and resources to produce. Please support our mahi and visit staff.co.nz/support.